Warning. The following content contains sounds. It has been shown that some sapiens of the Homo have episodic memory towards some sounds. Therefore, forming a bad reaction to certain sounds. Nevertheless, the sounds we use are only to mock actions and notions, which are, of course, ridiculous. We are not mocking the people who have them. No, no, no. Because you know in time, you may change what you do and change what you think. Having said that, this is correlation sensation. A show where I talk about your mother's mammalian protuberances. Yes, yes. They come in all sorts of shapes, colors and textures and smells. But of course, we will proceed to something more important. One, two, three into the four. Come on, baby, put your knees on the floor. My name's Gork, and I'll open up your door. Oh, ho, 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 here's my whore. Don't pop a needle. He said Gork is the whore. Maybe. I do get a paid no, for... No, you just go to the store. Oh, yeah. Oh, baby, Don't give me some more. Boar. <laughs> yeah, I do it like a wild boar. Back to the topic. Back, oh, yeah, back to the topic, yeah. Yeah, so I fixed the lexicon. I dropped the transmitter for the auto audio interface. Jump up a little here. Think of you audio interface. Oh, I have audio coming out of my face. Oh, you sure it's not your ninjas? Oh, yeah, sometimes audio comes from them when they flap around. Yeah. Is it good to keep the audio audio on ninjas? Yeah, well, you know, sound wave, they're like a double wave interference, yeah. Yeah. Long pause. So. For dramatic effect. For dramatic effect, yes. Very serious. Dum, dum, dum. Who did it? John Papanito with the candlestick? Was it the void with the piano? Or was it the Gork with the screwdriver? Gork, I You bark. I hear somebody with a drink. A drink? Yeah, screwdriver, he's a drink. Oh, oh, I, I, yeah? I got, I, well, I got the sex on the beach right now. Oh, you have sex on the beach? Don't do that. You get hair, <laughs> you get sand in your balls, and then get your <laughs> vagina. Why are you on a beach? John Papa Nero or something close the beaches? No, the drink. You can you... drink a beach. That's a gross. That sounds water. It's sandy. Yeah. There's a sea urchin. And oh. a jellyfish. And a bunch then of mercury. on it. What? When you get stung by jellyfish, you have to pee on it. Oh, you do. Yes, R. Kelly. the barbs. R. Kelly, he is the one that's up here on the people. Oh, yeah, because they get stung by jellyfish, right? He brings the jellyfish and throw it on little girls, and he goes, Oh, you got stung, piss. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's that's the story they don't tell you. He was saving their lives. Yeah. Yeah, he's a hero, R. Kelly. You know what I have? What? No. Uh, it, it is a... You ever hear of fermented honey? It sounds like you try to make a beer out of a honey. It is a, called a mead. You make a mead? Are you have a mead? I have a need for the mead. I am mead of nothing. You are. I'm gonna go on my steed. Whoa, we went from you alcohol to meth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got the mead and the speed and the, 
you know, the need. Need for speed. In the plead for the need. What another words rhyme with that eed? Greed. Stupid. Oh, stupid in the greed. Oh. And the peed. Oh, he and got peed. peed by R. Kelly. That way back into peed. Jump up, you know, he see a full circle. Yeah, life is like a circle. You die, and then you get eaten, and then you turn back into poo. Mm, poo, it in the dirt. Oh, back to topic. So, we have Amar Ibn Ali of Mazul. That's a mouthful. So, Amar Ibn Ali of Mazul is nearly half the information that is available regarding the biography of this sapien of the homo. Isn't that nice? Yeah, so in the name, like a lot of Arab names, Mazul is the place where he was born. It's, Mazul is also known as Al-Mazil in Roman terms, or Mosul by the Kurds, who have been a genocidally attack, yeah. Yeah, it's in Iraq. According to some sources, Amar ibn Ali of Mazul lived anywhere from 900 to 1010 current era. For some reason, source number one doesn't uh, seem to uh, be unbiased but because it is called the truthseeker.info. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Yeah, and a little bit later after I get done with this one, we will see exactly what I mean by truthseeker not being unbiased. Yeah. This source specified an approximate year of a 1010 current era, where this sapien of the homo wrote a book on his physician work. The name of this book is Kitab al-Mantuhabu bi al-Jaba alian, and it's translated to be in English for Book of Elections in the Treatment of Eye Diseases. Sounds like a mouthful. What is, uh, what is the detail in the book? I didn't read it. Oh, oh you. Oh, yeah. You, uh, did you do cliff notes of it? I thought you were supposed to do that. What? Yeah, you. You were supposed to read the book. What? Why would I have time? What? How do you think Why? I have time? I see you what's going on. What? You make the time. Wait, wait, wait. You make time? Oh, yeah. What uh, What are you talking about? What's this witchcraft you got going on here? Oh, it's not a witchcraft. It's a normal. Everybody make a time. Oh, you talking about the being disciplined and making time to do things? It's called a priorities. Oh, prioritize. You saying Void doesn't prioritize? Neither do you, Gork. What are you talking you about? I've read so much. Not like this book. Not this book, no. Jump up and you know, his role is not read a book. He's to stand here and be a jerk. So, he prioritized being a jerk over reading a book. Yeah, well, you know, this book is not even on neuroscience. I don't know why it's included in here. It's indicated that within this book, though, Amar ibn Ali of Mazul traveled to Egypt and practiced a large portion of his work there. He make a mummies? Yes, yes, that's exactly, that's all they do in Egypt. Did you know that, Void? Did you know all they do in Egypt is make mummies? They don't make any pyramids or sphinx, sphinxers? No, the sphinx he's an alien structure. Why, why would you, why would you tell our listeners about our being... Back to topic. I'll edit that out. Among anatomy and uh, pathology, there's said to be six specific cases for cataract surgery. Whoa. From what I've gathered is that Omar used a metal needle that was hollowed out in order to apply suction 
to take out the cataracts. Oh, so he do a cataract surgery and that's a neuroscience? Well, it has to do with the sensation. Ooh, you know that's one of the words in our podcast title. And the eyesight is a sensation. Ooh. Okay. So, so, I may not have read the book because there's a, you know, some words there. Yeah. But, I found the one word that all the other sources who get away with only displaying a certain amount of information from the book all the time and make money. So I'm going to use their quote. Uh-huh. Man, that okay. seems about fair. They didn't prioritize reading the whole book and displaying it to all their listeners or readers. This is about so, as, what? Everybody just read one thing and talk about it? No. thing? Well, I read a couple different sources. So I got the difference in the years for, like, his, you know, where he was uh, flourishing. Okay. Yeah. Now, so, like, most of the time I read several sources. Like, for this one saping of the homo, Amar, we have four sources. So I gather different little bits of information regarding Amar. Did you know they kind of did this kind of uh, cataract surgery until the 1800s? No. No. He's... What the yeah, hell? Until the 1900s. Yeah, you weren't on, you weren't on, uh, you know, the fluku, baduku trip to, you know, way back when. No, jump up and you're here on the doom doom trip. Just the doom doom. Yeah. What about the moon aboon? Jump up and you're. Here, skip that one. Here, too busy. Ah, Void and I went both on the moon, the boon, the doon, doon, and the oogong, and the oolong, a bangadoo. Oh, jump up and it all. He like a oolong, a noodle. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, you like the noodles, huh? Oolong, a noodles. Yeah, you yeah. like the oolong, like noodle. Oh, ramen, too. Ramen is a good. Yeah, that's what she said. Oolong, a noodle. No, she says, my, that's a long noodle you have there. Oh, yeah. You put some meatballs there with your meninges. Back to topic. Yeah, good idea, good idea. Here's the quote that every other source seems to like to use. Quote, Then I constructed a hollow needle, but I did not operate with it on anybody at all. Before I came to Tiberius, there came a man for an operation who told me, Do as you like with me, only I cannot lie on my back. I must lie on my stomach, and you can penetrate my... Oh wait, no, that's a different story. Then I operated on him with my hollow needle and extracted the cataract. And he saw immediately it did not need to lie but slept as he liked. Only I bandaged his eye for seven days. With this needle, nobody preceded me. I have done many operations with it in Egypt. End quote. Amar ibn Ali of Mazul. Yep. That's a nice... It's a nice story, huh? It's a very nice, yeah. He, says, he tells a good story. Yeah. Yes. So, truthseeker.info wanted to let us know that Amar never neglected the fact, quote-unquote, that he was a Muslim before a scientist. Oh. Is that a problem? No, I didn't say that. No, but they wanted to emphasize on that, like it was special. You can be a both. It's not like you have to be one or the other. Oh. They're totally different things. But he's saying that he's a Muslim before scientist. That's like saying I'm a human being before I became a pervert. You can be a pervert? You can. Well, I think. Hmm. I think people like to, uh, you know, uh, put a lot of emphasis on what they do as if that's them and then uh, puts limitations on them. Oh. 
Like, oh, I'm fat, I must be fat. Oh, that's all I am. Who I am is a uh, fat, yap. Jump up and do all thing. that's a hot topic. Oh, yeah, you like it? It gets you sweaty? Yeah, fat people, they are sweaty all the time. Yeah, I'm sweaty right now. I got the fat in my ninjas. Yeah, he's the falls. Oh, I like feeling my falls. Lingo flippy floppy. Yeah, flippy floppy, straight copy. He's a fat joke. Hmm. Yeah. That's a topic. You back to topic. Try to. Well, you read from your notes. I have it or not. What? Oh, Jump up a needle, he don't have a nose. Why not? Jump up a needle, he don't want a nose. Why do you not want a nose? Back to topic. Well, I would like you to go back to topic, but you have no nose. Jump up a needle, he doesn't say back to topic, it means you go back to topic. Ah, what I was gonna say is that seeker, true seeker, that info forgot it. That he was an ape man before he was brainwashed into the Muslim religion. Yep. He said he was brainwashed into the Muslim religion? No, I said they forgot to mention that he was an ape man before he was brainwashed into a Muslim religion. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Is he to say all religion is a brainwashing? Well, you know, well, it's a funny thing. Religion is just a human trait. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying, damn it. While trying to find more information on the sapien of the homo, I found out that the Sushrut Samhita from a 600 before common era included some sort of expulsion technique for cataracts as well. But it was not very successful. Yeah. What was the problem? They didn't uh, have developed the tool well enough. Were the multiple tools? Okay, they yeah. just had the pins and needles in the in the hollow out. Yeah. Did they know it was the lens that they could uh, rearrange and fix, or was it more of just did they remove the tissue, or what they do? I don't. I didn't read about the Sushrut Samhita and what they did for cataracts, because at the time. Washington you never even said anything about the cataract surgery from the fucking Ayurvedic system of Hindu medicine for some reason, so I never bothered to look for it. The Sushrut Samhita, as you well know, is a very, very big book. I'm not to bother reading it. I'm not going to go ahead and learn another Earth language. I already learned English, damn it. Oh, no. If you also look into some more information, according to source number three, it uh, talks about Muhabbin Ibn Zakaria Raziz. Remember him? No. So I found more information on Raziz because there's a lot of information on these people. It said that he used a hollow tool as well. But this guy, Muhammad, is said to have mentioned that there, he did this several times. The surgery was successful, but it took out part of the inferior portion of either their pupil or their iris. The word that's used that could be translated to either pupil or iris is just that. They don't really know which one he specified because, you know, lost in translation. Because they used it for both. Washington.edu Seemingly forgetting to let me know all the bits of information I should have known when reading about Razit. Yeah, thank you, source number three. So, source number three do not have nothing about a cataract surgery before? No, source number three pointed out information that I have not found on any other site talking about either Razit or talking about the other parts of cataract surgery, like the Sushrut Samhita, which is in the system of Ayurvedic of Hindu medicine. 
meow. So, source number three is actually a PDF you can download in several pages, and it talks about the history of cataract surgery. So, like water carving out a line or a couple lines in the rock as it passes through in a creek bed. Ah, the one named Amar. He developed an adjustment to the tool that had been used for hundreds of years for cataract surgery, where he made it more like a scoop, like a triangular scoop. And he Did used... it fit the cone of the eye? Well, he let... You know, you know how they scrape off the top layer of the eyeball to get to the cataracts? Yeah, my dad had that. It made his vision way better. Yeah, it sounds like fun. He... Yeah, now he can see really far away, but not up close. He just needs reading glasses. Did they uh, do it while he was awake? Um, well, the thing is, he had to have both eyes because one retina was detached. And so they fixed the broken, broken one first and left the one that was okay. So he would still have an okay eye if the bad one was messed up. Oh, the broken, broken one. Yeah, so the one that was detached, they did it and detached it and... We uh, uh, surfaced it and then made sure that one worked and he had a good working, better than working eye before, before they worked on the good one. And then they did the good one after that. So Alicia would have one eye like me. They put stem cell in his retina? No, no. They they just scooped off the lens and put the new one on. So basically it makes it so you can see far away, but not... uh, not a close, but that's pretty much the the times for old people because their vision close gets bad. My vision is only bad far away, and with glasses I can see up close and far away. I can actually see better than normal my glasses. Why you special? Yes. Yeah, so there's a video for source number four. In this one. You get to watch the early 1900s surgeries of cataracts and the people are awake. Their eyeballs move around right afterwards. Whoa. At least it looks like they're awake. I can't wait till someone scrapes off the top part of my eyeball to use an ice cream scoop on my cataracts. Oh, it's a lot smaller. Because if you use the real ice cream scoop, it would be too big. No, but I'm saying it. It's the scoop is the ice cream out of my eyeball. Oh. So we move on to the next sapien of the homo. All right. Because that's as much information as you could possibly find about this guy on the internet, apparently. Unless if you read his book. I guess it's lost the time, huh? Oh, his book. I didn't even look to read this book because I was not interested in it because it's just cataract surgery. Where's the neuroscience? No detached retina or nothing. Oh. We have Al Hazen, who compares the eye to a camera-like device. Now, let me tell you right now, people. Washington.edu is a full of shit. Not once does Al Hazen compare your eyeball to a camera-like device. Not at all. He points out something that happens, which I will explain later, which is very similar to how a camera works, which is very similar to using the laws of physics to work. The only time where it actually comes up to where it's like a camera-like device it's when the sapien of the homo, Leonardo da Vinci, notices the same thing and coins a term about it. But that's later on in this episode. Yep. Oh. Now, Void, remember how we covered the face of Empedocles with Jizz? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we bukkakied him, huh? Very funny. He's dead, though. Yeah, so... I know, but we didn't dig up his corpse. No, his corpse is long gone. Our, it's just dust in the wind. As our acidic jizz ate his flesh. Oh. No? I said, oh. Oh, was that Empedocles? 
Maybe that was Socrates. Hmm. Anyways. Where did John Papanito go? John Papanito, he's right here. He doesn't listen to you guys talk about a bukkake. He got uncomfortable. You guys uncomfortable? Maybe you should join us next time. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you should join us. John Papanito, he's a bukkake freak. All day, bukkake. Yeah. All day? All day. What do you take? Because it's hard for me to save up enough to do that. Oh, he has to take a practice. Practice? You must have a, a massive uh, meninges. Don't Papa Nino, he don't like to brag. You don't like to boast? But you're intercontinental when you eat a French toast? French toast? Ha. I don't see a French toast. Don't Papa Nino, he know French not make a very good toast. No, they have a good uh, baguette. John Papanino, he like a croissant. You like a croissant? Croissant. Do you toast a croissant? That'd be French toast, right? No. John Papanino, he a croissant with warm and a flaky. It's not toast. It's just a warm. What do you put on your croissant? John Papanino, he do and he do whatever he in the mood to do. Oh, yeah? Do you have any preferences? Sometimes it's plain, sometimes it's a butter, sometimes it's a jelly, sometimes a croissant, you come up with a chocolate in it, or got almonds on the top. Wow. Sounds delicious. But, I like a Swiss cheese with ham. Some people, you know, here not eat a meat. So, no ham. Wow. I feel bad for you. John Papanino, he don't feel bad for himself, so he's okay. It's a rule. You cannot feel more offended or bad for somebody unless they are offended or bad. Bah! Bah, bah! If anything tells us anything, people can get way more offended than the people they're trying to protect. There's no right to do that. It doesn't make sense, but it happens all the time. And that's how you know most of people are dumb. Back to topic. Empedocles believed that the one named Aphrodite, which is a god, by the way, lit a fire in everyone's eyeballs so light can be emitted from the eyes as a rays so humans can see. Oh, yeah, like a Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just exactly like Superman. Don't probably need all here wonder how much energy it takes to make your eyes shoot a laser like that. I don't know, but I think a lot of people wouldn't do it anyways because it takes a lot of effort to use that kind of energy. Yes, plus you might melt your eyes. Yeah, what he oh. said. There's already a light in there. It's a fire. I heard it here on this show. No, you no. No, you, you, uh, you took what I said out of context. I took what you said literally. No, I said Empedocles believed that a god named Aphrodite lit a fire in everybody's eyeballs so they can emit rays. That's exactly what Empedocles thought. And so what do you say? You say Aphrodite light a light bulb in a fire in your eye so you can see. Yeah, that's the story that you took out of context where and you forgot. And you can shoot a fireball out of your eyes. And you neglected, you neglected the part of Empedocles believing that. Back to that. You believe something strongly enough, it becomes a true. Okay, okay, okay. Now that is not a true at all. There's one time I believed I could shit out a thousand dollars, and all that came out was a bunch of shit. If you have enough shit, you could sell it for a thousand dollars. Where do you do that? John Papanito is also revealing his secrets. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, very good, very good, bastard. Yeah, so, this thought from Empedocles is actually the opposite to what humans, many humans, believe how sight works today.
which is very good, because that doesn't make any sense. As far as I have read, the first publicly known ape man to question this ridiculous data from Empedocles is none other than Abu al-Hussein al ibn al-Hassan ibn al-Hahim. Yep. But... I think that's a bit shorter, but that's a long. It sounds like you're praying. Yes. Yes, the one named Abu al-Hassan ibn al-Hassan ibn al-Hahim is also named, Eurocentrically, al-Hazin, which is the one we're talking about. Yeah. You keep it a short like that, and then people remember. Yeah, Al-Hazin. There seems to be uh, more life to Abu Nal al Mulala al Hibolubo. Al. 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 We'll call Al Hazin Al. Yeah. We'll call him Weird Al. Yeah. It's about to get you in trouble. What? It's about to get you in trouble if you call him a Weird Al. Why? Just a thinking, maybe. We can call him Weird Al Hayim instead of Weird Al Yankovic. So you can't confuse the two. Because he has a weird name. Okay. We'll call him Ali. Okay. Alakazoo. Okay. You just saying okay? Okay. Void, can you, can you fix him? Back to topic. That's what it is. Look at this. I bet you it's a conspiracy. It's not a voter fraud, that's for sure. No. The knob below blows were sent here to get John Papanito back here to get me back on topic. Back to topic. So, the narrative for this being is of the human constructed year of 965 current era where sometime in this year he popped his head out of his mommy's vagina to greet the whole world and greet the world he did he is said to have been born in the arab city of basra in what is now called iraq the greek world is said to have had a mighty influence on the one named Al. Which makes sense. Since, you know, a lot of Greeks and weren't Romans traveled around conquering, raping, and pillaging, and humping around all up and down the Middle East when they feebly perceived that that was the whole world. Silly little ape-man people in the ancient times. It's indicated that Al was interested in physics in math, along with other sciences. These other scientists were not specified by the biography source that I used for Al. Any questions? No. No questions here. Okay. Unlike the little writing of our previously mentioned human on this episode, Al, Hazin, what the hell is going on in your background? Who is that? Oh, which one of you? Someone is making noise. Is that me? It's a John Papanito. What kind of a noise do you think a John Papanito makes? You sound like there's a radio or a television in the background. Void. No, nothing. Nothing is on and off. It sounds like the news. Wobbly, wobbly, wobbly. Yeah, muffled. It's unintelligible. No news are here. Sounds like the news. Good news. Yeah, anyways, Al Hazin is said to have had a seven-volume document, which I did not read the void, just in case you are wondering, that sur it survived enough to be mentioned about today. Its primary focus was on optics. Would you like to hear the title of this seven-volume document? Yes. 
Well, if you think Weird Al's name was long, well, these a book make Weird Al's name look look pretty long because it's not as long. Yeah. Okay. It's Kitab Al Manazir, which later translated to Latin as Optique, and the Thesaurus calls it Al Hazin. So, Al Hazin's book. No, it's called Al Hazini. My bad. The Thesaurus. I don't know. I Is just... it Great Vasini? Yeah, it's like Al Hazin with an I at the end of it, so it sounds like Al Hazini, I think. But I just copied and pasted the title. That's what I did. I didn't it's really read it. What? That's a nice. Yeah, it's basically Book of Optics. So, rather than using reasoning based on evidence, which means, you know, extrapolation from data, which commonly leads to different theories because many people have their own points of view based on the theories from the life they have lived, Al-Hazin is said to have used a different form of thought. He liked to get his hands dirty by taking his hypothesis and testing it with, uh, well, you know, experiments. There is said to be a 10,000 dinor note. I don't know if anybody knows what that is. I don't know. Does anybody know what the 10,000 dinar note is? It sounds like a dinosaur had a bank loan and they owed a $10,000 note. Ah, like the banks of the dinosaur days. Yeah, but that's not a real, because dinosaurs are make-a-believe. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is it recording? Yes. The time is gone. Testing. Te All right. Testing, testing. Testing, testicles. Don't you tickle my testicles? Yeah, so we're talking about dinosaurs and their banknotes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sorry about that, people. The computer. I don't know what happened. The computer went stupid. Is it okay? We just know that Al Hayid did something with a banknote. Yeah. Al Hazin, I guess, had a banknote. In 2003, made for him $10,000, or dinars, in Iraq, even though they don't use it anymore, to quote-unquote immortalize him with fiat currency. Yep. That's a nice. He's a picture he's everywhere now. Yeah, yeah, even though I don't think they use it anymore. Yeah. So, this book, Of the Saping of the Homo, Al is said to include experiments on the rainbows, shadows, colors, and other aspects of light. Now, what's coming up is something that reminds me of a song, people. Al Hazin stood in a dark room where he had a hole in the wall. Where the men can see it all. Yeah. Void. At the place in France yeah. where the naked ladies are dance. Yeah, Al-Hazin was in Iraq, not in France. So, he had a hole in the wall where the men can see it all. It was a place in Iraq with the boobs of women smack. It's a nice when a boob is a smack. Oh my goodness. Tell you what. Last night was a magnificent John Papanito. Big booby slap in my face. Walk, 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 walk. Oh, that's a nice. Yeah. Did you smack them back? Oh, my God. I smack them till my hands was on them. Well, that's a nice tool. And the print. Smack a boo. Everybody likes a boobies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone. It's like everybody poop. Everybody likes a boobies. Yeah. We should write a book. Right, Void? Yeah, we should do that. Write an adult book instead of child book. Everybody like a boobies. Yeah, so he stood in this room. It was dark. On the other side, he had two well-hung lanterns. That's a nice. Did he use them? Oh, yeah, he used them. He used them to discover something I thought would have been really easy to know about. Where light travels in a straight line, so as it travels towards the hole, 
it still travels the same pathway. So, when you have the two lanterns at different heights, you will have something interesting happen. You have the higher one go down, keep on going down, the lights go down, yeah. Then you have the lower one where the light goes up, goes up, yeah, yeah. And, you know, until Leonardo da Vinci wasn't noted that, hey, the images in the room were flipped upside down because that's the way light works. Yep, so instead of burning your eyes out with the sun, because light came from your eyes and somehow magically did that, we already talked about that, huh? Yes. This actually, from source number six, talked about later, and even today, some sapiens of the homo neglect later experiments for the nature of light, where we have Isaac Newton, who claimed that it was a particle, and then Robert Hooke, Claimed that it was a wave. And then later, Thomas Young helped people conclude that it was a wave by the double slit experiment with the wave like properties and how, like waves in water, when they travel through the double slit, there's a wave interference. If you do not know what I'm talking about, you can search it up on the tubes of you. You don't tell me what are tubes. Mmm, the tubes of you, Void. In John Papanito. Oh. John Papanito, he okay without doing that. Yeah, yeah, and Einstein put his two cents in later on, you know, talking about how light had two properties as particle and the waves. Way. What? He got it right. Yeah, but there was another scientist, I forgot to get his name. He's not talked about much, but he proved that every object in reality... When it moves, it actually moves in the waves. No matter how small and insignificant they may be, the uh, instruments have picked up the wave-like structure of uh, even planets moving around. It makes it's a nice, kid. What? Yes. What? What? Oh. Oh. Do. Do. Void. Void. What's right. going on? What's going you on? You guys okay? You guys okay? Yeah. Yes. Hey. Hey. Hey, I hear an echo. Uh, back to the topic. I'm not in the room. What? My echo talked to me. What? Ah. Ah. Boy, save oh, me. What? There's an echo attacking me. Jump up a little. He think a gawk had gone insane. Oh, no. I've been here a long time, John Papanito. I've been a crazy for a long, long time. It's a difference. Crazy and insane are different things. Oh, yeah? You think so? Maybe. John Papanito, he don't really know. He just like to say stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there are many things that happened from birth till this ground-breaking experiment from Al, such as his work as being a government minister for Basra while trying to square a circle. <laughs> That's he didn't make no Yeah, he tried to rationalize a circle. <laughs> he put the square peg in a circular hole. You can do that if the square peg is a smaller. Right, or just a nice tight snug fit. Whoa. Put my square oh. peg in her round hole. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, you need to get yourself around the peg. You talking about my peg? How yeah. dare you? It's okay. My peg is perfectly fine just because it not look like yours. Back to topic. Sure, it has wings on the side of it. And it looks like an anteater snout. Not like yours. But it works. Back to topic. Al Hazin is also said to refer to Aristotle and prefer him, along with math, to religious sects and their ideologies, unlike Amar. Oh, that makes more sense. It makes more sense why he says, I was a Muslim and now I'm a scientist. He said because he denounced his religion because he realized religion is wrong. Did you mix up Amar with Al-Hazin 
Sean Papa Nico. He's a safe guy. Yeah, you think so? It could be. Yeah. Sean Papa Nico, he thinks everybody is the same. All our human beings are looking the same. Yeah, they kind of do. They're really, they're, most of their differences are because they're adapting to what their environments are. It's a tough to say, you know, that sometimes there's a mailman, he comes, he has a hat, and sometimes that mailman, he another wear a hat. You know, sometimes he look a real different, like a fat guy. Yeah. He's the same guy. Sometimes he look dark, sometimes he look light. Papa, you know, he don't see a color. Oh, yeah, you colorblind, huh? So what kind of, uh, you know, option are you missing? What kind of light reactive enzymes are you missing in your retinas, huh? You missing... Everything is the same color. Yeah. Whoa, you're missing both? You're, you can't see red or green? John Papa Nino, he just see things. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea to see things, yeah. Good thing you're not blind. Back to topic. Yeah, that's I was thinking about that. So you were talking nonsense, and uh, I was trying to, you know, make fun of you, but uh, you didn't want me to make fun of you, so you say back to the topic. Okay. Yeah, so anyways, even though I think religion is just a human trait where, you know, people, they put a lot of effort into something they think a lot about, just like other people. But depending upon their points of view, they have different opinions. And it ends up becoming like religious sex where they argue over the sex. Yep. Not much difference between what people call religion and the people call other beliefs. Besides the social constructed terms. Yeah, so whether you invest a great deal of your time and efforts into a church, synagogue, mosque, palace, government, company, or anything else. You kind of like a religion. No? That makes sense. What? That makes sense. Yeah, it did. I listened to this guy on Joe Rogan. He made a lot of sense when he talked about that. Yeah. It's... What? That's a good... Yeah, it was a pretty good one. It was I forgot what he was, but he wrote a book. It was talking about drugs and the death. Yeah. Yeah, yeah back to topic. He just said that about 1,000 in the current era, Al-Hazin left Basra to go to a place called Cairo so he could work for one named Caliph Hakim. Yeah. And Hakim was a very supportive of science. That's why he went there. And while in Cairo, he noticed something interesting about Cairo and how they got a lot of water for their aggregation for from the river of the Nile. But by the time of 1000, the current era, they all noticed that the reliability on the, the water supply for their agriculture was diminishing. So Al-Hazin wanted to be helpful, and he decided to come up with this idea to dam up the river to try to help out. And unfortunately, it did not work. Unfortunately, because in Cairo, Caliph Hakim had a group of people who were very brutal towards those who failed, even though they tried to help. Yeah, that's very nice, right? People make mistakes, but uh, if you make a mistake, bye-bye. So, yeah. So one narrative goes as uh, Al-Hazin pretends to go bonkers where he would hide in a mosque. And while inside of a mosque, it uh, protected him. Allah was a very nice dude. And uh, even though Allah was not a choice for Al-Hazin over his uh, math and philosophy. And it was said until the year 1021. Al-Hazin stayed there. Then Caliph kind of lost his rule over Cairo. That's when Al-Hazin enjoyed the freedom once again until the year he died in 1040. Now, there is a note in the discrepancy in stories. For instance, there was this one sapien of the homo named Ibn Abi Asawabai. Of the, 
Yeah, he's of Damascus, claimed Al, claimed that Al-Hazin faked insanity in order to be released from Basra when he was in the ministry in order to go to Cairo to work on science. When I would like to say perhaps Al-Hazin commonly faked insanity to get out of things. Because what would happen if he failed? Everybody knows that in Cairo, this uh, group from Caliph was violent towards people who fuck up. It kind of makes sense to me. I don't know. So, there is an overview of Al-Hazin's works. There is a claim that Al-Hazin wrote 90 books himself, while only 55 are publicly known to exist today. Some Greeks or humans that are said to have influenced Al-Hazin was Euclid, Epolinus of Perga, Archimedes, Ptolemy, and nobody else, none of which we have actually focused on on this podcast. Now, we're going deeper into this whole of this wall experiment, everybody. Ever heard of the phrase camera obscura? Right. Yes. You've heard of it? Yes. I never heard of it before today. John Babanito. John Babanito! John Babanito! John Babanito! Where are you? What are you doing? You're not talking. No, that's good. That's good, good. Yeah. He has not heard about this. Really? Either. Really. Oh, think great. Google him, Moogly. Void can tell us all about it. Yeah, Void, tell me about the camera obscura, Void. I just heard it once. I don't know much about it. Did you just hear it from me? Maybe. Well, good thing I actually looked up camera obscura. Camera is a Latin word from arched or vaulted Rome. And obscura is said to be dark. So, you know, Al has in, in the dark room with the two lanterns. Remember that? It's very yeah. recently. We're very well hung lanterns. Yeah, well hung lanterns, Void. If oh, wow. the wind was blowing, the well-hung lanterns might smack you in the face. Wow. Yeah. Al has in, you know, like I said, suggested, did not suggest that I worked like this. Unless of his work kind of, you know, disappeared in the farts of the wind. It's claimed that Leonardo da Vinci figured this out. Wouldn't that be kind of funny if, uh, Leonardo, he found his book by Al-Hazin and took credit for it and destroyed his books. No. That sounds about all right. That wouldn't surprise me if someone did that. I've heard about this. This whole thing about I want to look good so I destroy other people's work and I take their work like so fucking podcast. Calm down. Calm down. No, I'm just joking. I... Didn't. Yeah, you did! No, they probably don't even listen. No. Don't get the math. They probably didn't steal it. It probably just happened to be very similar. Very fishy. Like the fish in the sea, there's plenty of thoughts. Anywho. Source 6 is where I got the, the biography for Al Hazin which include more on how Alzheimer's noticed that you could use algebra to help out with geometry, which is why people are really successful today in geometry. <laughs> Even though they uh, failed to rationalize what the circle is because it's not rational at all. And uh, did you know Alzheimer's? Have you, have you ever heard of the four sums of powers. No. The four sums, that's a play golf. Ah, uh, well, no, in algebra, the four sums of powers. No. They kind of, you know, they uh, do the, they do the do. 
with the sums of powers, yeah. It's basically... Huh? It's a nice. So apparently... Let me see if I can find this. I have it pulled up. Oh, my saping of the homo father is uh, yelling right now. Yelling at the TV. Been doing that a lot lately. He wanted a football? Yeah, he uh, said, uh, oh, fire in the hole, bang hole, bang hole. At least that's what it sounds like. You should get down. In boogie? There's a fire in the hole, you might be bombed. Yeah, the only time I recognize uh, being bombed by him is when he uh, rips ass. That's oh, gross. does he crop dust you? Yes. He said, drive-by farting. It was. And sometimes he walks around the house in only his underwear. So he's a house. Why, yeah, that makes sense. His you box. You stay downstairs. What? You stay downstairs in your box. A good idea, huh? Yeah. They have... Illustrations in my source from famous scientists. Oh, the sums of powers. You have the sums of first powers. Was oh, it like a square and a cube? Yeah, he does a one plus two plus three plus dot 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 plus n equals one half. What? Oh, jump up and you're here now and remember. You now remember? Yeah. Yeah, that is a very fun. I like it. You could tell when he was uh, working for the government playing with math. Yeah, he came up with some pretty interesting things, he noticed. So he was very influential in the world of math, not so much the world of neuroscience. That's nice. So I want to finish this uh, episode with a quote from Al-Hazin. So we have, quote, the duty of the man who investigates the writings of scientists, if learning the truth is his goal, is to make himself an enemy of all he reads, and applying his mind, what? He's a truth. Yeah. He's a truth statement. Yeah, and applying his mind to care, or applying his mind to the core in margins of its content. Attack it from every side. If he should also suspect himself as he performs this critical examination of it, so that he may avoid a failing to either prejudice or leniency. Ooh. End quote. You be a skeptic. You don't believe it until you make it happen. Right. That's why I'm going to talk about something we talked about the last episode, John Babanico. Oh. Have you heard of the Inuit tribe? The Inuits? Yes. Yeah, I heard of the Inuits. So, they did a study in the early to mid-1900s. And if you don't believe me, you can look up... Uh, the podcast from the scientist named John, no, Frank Van Hippel. He has a history of science podcast. And he talks about the study they did on the Inuits, where they had a really low cause of morbidities. And their primary source of diet was a meat. Don't pop a needle. He'll laugh at you. And I also want to tell you something. If you talk about Darwin in the natural selection, and if meat was the lowest or most recent thing in people's diet, then I ask you this. Wouldn't the natural selection weed out the people who are not able to ingest the uh, fruits and vegetables? Jump up a needle. He point out that a not on a science and a topic of a dietary restriction is very, very new, and it's a first world issue. No. Tribes have dietary restrictions all the time. 
they eat what they can get their hands on. And the first thing you can get your hands on is a leafy greens. No, not if you're Inuit. You eat a bunch of blubber. You know, the Inuits also live in the cold. Very true. The cold weather lowers their metabolism, so they have a slower cellular degradation, and this is why they live a longer time. You think so? But what about the studies? Nothing to do with the diet. What about the studies? No. No. What about the studies of where you put animals in the cold for long periods of time? Then they develop cysts on their lymphatic system because they overuse their adrenal glands to produce hormones so they can survive in the weather. Well, now you are putting animals into a new situation. So well, the Inuits, they live there for a long time. But so they were they newly there. I mean, humans are humans, right? They have what you call generational evolution, which yeah. means Epigenetics. that time, they change. Yeah. So in a natural selection, the people that live longer are the ones that have this you know, resistance to maybe growing these things on their lymph nodes. Yeah, but what about this? all the time. If... You have one population of a squirrel, and that's a squirrel, he lives on the west side of the mountain. Right. And then he decides, oh, I don't want to live on the west side of the mountain anymore. I'm going to go to the east side of the mountain. And after several generations, the ones on the east side of the mountain look completely different than the ones on the west side of the mountain. Right. It doesn't take that long. Yeah. Yeah, right. But so, ketogenic diet raises people's temperature. That's why they're, they're uh, what you might call it, infectious disease doctors say you should be more ketogenic. Yeah, you know what else you can do? You can just go work out. That'll raise your temperature too. Yeah, yeah. But a ketogenic diet, you don't, don't raise it that much. One degree is not that much. Oh, one degree so, is a difference between boiling and not. One degree for a bacteria, it grow like a E. coli, it doubles red at 37 degrees of Celsius. Oh. It's a double red. Let me ask so, you something. Have you heard of a Radio Lab podcast? I heard of the Radio Lab. They have one episode about how fungal infections are more common in humans than ever before. You know? There's a lot of reasons for that, probably. Yes. Maybe. The first reason is we can diagnose them much more easily. Nobody ever brings that up. What? They never bring up advances in the science which allow us to do things more easily. They just say, oh, it's happening more frequently. Well, maybe we just figured out a better way to measure it. But they looked at how the average sapien of the homo's temperature has actually gone down a degree. And they also showed oh, that yes. the reason why humans flourished was because they're warm-blooded. John Papanito, he thinks maybe the reason the temperatures are down a degree is because the Earth is becoming warmer. Maybe. So bodies do not need to make that much heat anymore. Or maybe it's because humans take out a lot of the microbes while they take care of them with their soap and their antibiotics. Maybe. That's a possible. And maybe... You need, your you need them to eat properly. Yeah, right? Yeah, isn't that funny? In the 1990s, they, uh, you know, prescribed people antibiotics like it was candy. Didn't know better. Uh, apparently. And then, your ways. and then they fucked up my stomach. Damn sapiens of the homos. She knows one thing that everybody forgets to say. You control what goes in your mouth, fatty. Well, when you're a kid, you take what? You know, when you're a kid, you take what the doctor tells you. The doctor. Doctor tell you what to do. But yeah, everybody relies on ethos. I'm Even the adults. he has to go. Yeah, me too. What we do? Hey, Void, what we do? We live in peace. Bye.
love your eyes anymore. 